This is Casey Powell with Thompson & Associates. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, we are continuing our podcasts on pitfalls and mistakes that uh, people make in, in estate planning. And joining me today again is Jason Meredith. Jason is the Executive Vice President and Lead Planning Attorney for All Charitable Estate Planning at Thompson & Associates. He's also uh, board certified by the Texas Board of Legal Specialization in Estate Planning and Probate. And so we're we're uh, glad that Jason's with us. So thanks for joining us, Jason. Thanks for having me. Look forward to it. Well, we're, we're uh, t- today we're going to talk uh, specifically about some pitfalls and that uh, come from, you know, like, for example, like in estate planning seminars and some of the results of that. And, and, and what we're, what we're, what we're talking about is, you know, the overriding thing of what, what, what all this podcast series is, is talking about is, you know, looking at donors and being able to answer the question, does your estate plan reflect your goals and objectives? And obviously that's what an estate plan should do. It should reflect their goals and objectives, what they've done during life. And you know, we, we've highlighted some, some things uh, in, previous uh, podcasts of um, what some of those objectives are and or, or pitfalls are and and uh, so what we're talking about today is uh, you know, we're continuing that theme and so Jason what you know what goes on in a state planning seminar you, you see the, the ads for them in the newspaper and maybe a financial advisor uh, you know is, calls and, and tries to get you to come to a hotel and so so just walk us through that, if you would. Oh, sure, I'd love to. So an estate planning seminar is just really, it's very much like you described. Um, it's usually a, a company that has come into town, uh, an out-of-town out company that has come into town. They'll usually set up shop, so to speak, at maybe a local hotel or a conference room, and they'll send out a lot of invitations and invite individuals to come to the hotel listen to a seminar about estate planning at least that's what that's what the uh, advertisement will say and everyone wants free knowledge there's always a free lunch there's always a free lunch that goes with it so everyone shows up to the seminar they they're there to get their some information and education and and the free lunch that's what they're there for and then the speaker will get up by the way the speaker is is usually not an attorney or even an any kind of estate planning attorney um they usually have some type of financial background, um, but they get up and they talk, and they talk about the what what is probate and, and what are the dangers of probate. And, and basically what the speaker is really trying to do is scare individuals into uh, – uh, scare – just put the fear into people as to what things can go wrong, all these bad things can happen, and that if the client and the individual who's attending the seminar, if they'll just, if they'll just have a revocable trust – the revocable trust will be the solution to all of their fears and all of their worries. And this, this, the revocable trust will fix all these problems. And by the way, if you'll just pay us know, $300 on the way out, we will give you your revocable trust on the way out. The, so everyone you know, signs up and they pay their $300 and they all walk out the door and they've got the revocable trust in their hand and their nice little fake leather binder and they're all happy and they've got their trust and everyone left with an estate plan. That is typically how an estate planning seminar works, uh, very similar to that. 
Well, is that is that a you know that thing's great? Everyone gets an estate plan, right? So so you know, what could be the harm in that? Well, it sounds like a good idea, um, <laughs> and but but in all reality, it isn't. And um, going back to kind of the over over uh, riding or, or umbrella issue here is we believe at Thompson that a well-designed estate plan, and like you said to begin with, Casey, a well-designed estate plan is a reflection of the individual's values and objectives. The way the client has lived their life, the way the client has managed money, the way the client has uh, maybe uh, made charitable gifts and donations to certain organizations, the way they, they have taught their, their children and family about money, things like these, these, these values, these intangible qualities and, and, and values these things should be reflected in a client's estate plan. And, and also a well-designed estate plan, uh, it, it, a lot of things factor into a well-designed estate plan. A lot of things like the client's family, what kind of family situation do they have? Do they have children? Do they have grandchildren? Do they have a special needs beneficiary in their family? Do they have, um, uh, you know, what's, what's hap what does their family situation look like? What, what other assets look like? You know, do they have real estate? Do they have a business? Do they have farmland? Do they have retirement accounts? Uh, what is the size of their estate? Are they looking at, are they in a taxable situation? Are they going to owe federal estate tax or income tax, state taxes? All of these things factor into a well-designed estate plan. And the problem of going to a seminar is everybody leaving that seminar gets the same document. And it's just not reasonable to believe that every all, all 300 people in this room it's not reasonable to believe that all 300 people have the same family situations the same issues the same problems the same assets the same goals the same objectives the same values and if they did then everyone would need the same document but that's just not that's just not practical I mean we know that that's that's not happening and so we know that if someone who has an estate plan that was done at an estate planning seminar, we know for certain, for certain that that document is not a reflection of that client's values and objectives. I mean, it's just, it's just not, it's not uh, reasonable to believe that. And so we feel for that, for that main purpose right there, that's probably just not the best document for them. It's what it is. is it's a piece of paper with their name on it is what it really boils down to. Yeah. And, 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 you know, just, just real quick as an aside, you know, one of the, the things that we do as a, as a company with Thompson and Associates is well, we work with the nonprofits. The nonprofits invite their donors, uh, their supporters into an estate planning process with us. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of times people are going to say, no, I've already got that taken care of. I've got an estate plan already. And they may be talking about exactly what we're talking about here is this, revocable trust that somehow they got they uh, for whatever reason um, and it and there's 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 other reasons than they may have a a, a an unfunded revocable trust I'm gonna say unfunded I'm, I'm kind of jumping jumping ahead here a little bit because you know at a seminar these the people who go through the seminar they're gonna get exactly what you said Jason a, a piece of paper with their name on it that is a revocable trust that has their name on it but there's nothing in it. Uh, they they haven't done what it takes to actually fund the revocable trust. And uh, there there's other instances out there where there's unfunded that our supporters have these unfunded revocable trusts that may or may not be the right thing to do. 
the, the right way to, to, to hold their assets. So, um, so they, they, while they have an estate plan that you probably, and I'm saying probably, you know, definitely not a most, <laughs> uh, does not reflect their goals and objectives. So, uh, so can we, can you talk a little bit about unfunded revocable trusts and, you know, what, what that is and what that does. And I mean, there's some, you know, it, it's not all bad. I mean, I, it, I'm not trying, you know, I don't want to paint a picture where um, everybody has to have a, a funded revocable trust. I mean, sometimes it's okay. So, so talk, talk a little bit about that. Sure. So, um, so let's assume a client, we have a, a client or an individual, a, a, a donor, whoever we may be talking about, they have a revocable trust. And maybe they had the, the trust done at a seminar, or maybe they had the, the trust prepared by an attorney. Um, but they have this, this trust. Well, what is a trust? A trust, think of it this way. A trust is basically like, it's similar to like a legal entity. And this trust has all of the instructions regarding who assets are to be distributed to when the individual passes away. I mean, that's really what it is. It's an instruction manual. Well, for the instruction manual to work, then we need to make certain that upon the, the individual's death, the individual's assets are passing through the trust. If the, assets, if the individual's assets are not passing through the trust when they pass away, then the terms of the trust are not even working. The trust isn't doing anything. And so I can't tell you how many times I've had someone sit across the table from me and they'll say, I have a revocable trust. They're very proud of it. I have a trust. And I'll say, that is wonderful. It's great. Now, why do you have a trust? Well, the first response is always, well, because I want to avoid probate. And I'll say, that's a great goal. I love that. Well, let me ask you this. Is your house in your trust? Does your trust own your house? And the individual will say, well, no, I don't think so. I'll say, well, does your trust own your bank accounts or your investment accounts? Uh, no, I don't think so. And I'll ask, then I'll have to ask the individual, well, then how is your trust going to, how are you how is going to control these assets? How are we going to avoid probate? And they just, and then usually I get a blank stare and they're like, what are you talking about? And I said, well, here's the thing. It's not having a trust that avoids probate. It's having all of your assets either owned by the trust or payable to the trust that avoids probate. Because if you pass away and you still own something in your own name, we still have to probate your will to get your assets to where they're supposed to go. And that's a, bit, that's a, mis, a, a, a huge misunderstanding. Most people I meet with think that it's just having a trust that avoids probate. It's not, they don't understand that there's another step to the process to make things flow through the trust. So having an unfunded revocable trust, one, we might not be achieving the individual's goal of avoiding probate. That might be the first problem. But there's another, another aspect to not having a properly funded trust, and that is assets may, be, may not be uh, being distributed to the right people. So here would be an example. Let's say we have an individual that has a really great trust. They put all this work into it. They've worked with their attorney, and the trust is just exactly like they want it. But they have an IRA with a beneficiary designation on it, and they've named uh, an individual, maybe a child or a grandchild or someone to receive that IRA. That IRA is not passing through the trust. If it's not passing through the trust, then all the work they did in the trust isn't taking place, at least with respect to that IRA. 
Same thing with insurance. If insurance is, pass, is passing to a person outside of the trust, then all the terms, the provisions of the trust are not working. That's another, um, another uh, example of an unfunded trust. We have assets that are not passing through the trust. And so when we talk about unfunded, what we're talking about is either is, is assets that don't go through, don't go through the entity. And then the, and if, that's, if that's happening, then the planning that's in place isn't, isn't going to happen. And, and we're, we're talking as, you know, as if it's, it's bad and they need to be funded. Um, you know, the, there are some reasons for an unfunded revocable trust. And, you know, it's not going to avoid probate, like you said, that that may not be the, the primary consideration. And, you know, there, so yeah, the, the point of, of this whole conversation is not that unfunded is bad, funded is good. It's every donor is different. All of our, all of all the people, all of our supporters, they're in different circumstances. They have different goals. They have different objectives of what they're, they're trying to do. And, and so the, the, a lot of people that, that walk out of these seminars that, that may have a, a trust, they, they, they get trust elsewhere that, that have done, done some things, they, they think they have an estate plan. And the estate plan means different things. So, so they may have an estate plan, and they do have an estate plan, but it's not necessarily an accurate reflection of what they want to happen. And, and what that, uh, an act, it's not an accurate reflection of their goals and their objectives. Uh, and, and so, the only way that that uh, their estate plan can reflect their goals and objectives is to go through a a, a good you know planning process that uh, where someone elicits those those uh, things that they're trying to accomplish and, and incorporates that into that plan. So um, that's that's you know, what we're, we're um, what we try to do and, and try to look for that and and uh, try to help help these supporters that. That uh, they're supporting the nonprofits, you know, during their life. If given the opportunity, they would probably do it in their estate as well. And uh, just just showing them the possibilities. That's that's what we get to do all the time, and it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. And and uh, people are very open to that. So so Jason, thank you for for uh, this. This has been very helpful. And uh, you know, we, again, talking about seminars that. Uh, People walk away with with a plan, but uh, that's that's just part of it. So, well, thanks, thanks, Casey. I appreciate being here today. All right.